Amen. Well, good morning. All right. I kind of feel like Wayne, you know. It's sometimes when you're in these rotations going around to all the campuses and doing what we do, it's like, okay, it's been a while. <laughs> May have to introduce myself. <laughs> but, uh, man, it is, it is great. Here we are, 2024. Is anybody else excited? I mean, 20, <laughs> I always love the start of a new year. You know, it's, it, you, you kind of have that do-over button, right? And uh, you can kind of get a fresh start, fresh look. I know some of you have been back to the gym, and, and uh, hopefully you made it past the 12th. You know, and statistically, they say the 12th is the big fall-off. Uh-oh, y'all got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you didn't make it past the 12th, but uh, if, you, if you're working out, keep it up. <laughs> keep going, but uh, you know, here we are in 2024, and there, there's a lot going on in our world, and as we, as we started into this, this year, I really felt like that there was just uh, this, this stirring that, that we, are, we are to really just press into the message of hope and to the God of hope and what that looks like. So we're going we're gonna to dive some more into that today. And uh, we did switch some things around. Next week, we've got Paul Gibbs that's going to be here with us. And, um, you know, we can give him a hard time about his British accent and why he thinks real football is soccer. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, so anyway, we uh, Pastor David's over in Abilene today, so we bless them over there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for just having your way in our hearts and lives and just everything that you're at work doing, even, even in the beginning of this new year for, for us, for the Life Church, for us as individuals and families and Lord, we just, we just thank you for the message of hope because it's, it's not just a message of hope because the Bible clearly declares that you are the God of hope. And so, Lord, we thank you for that and that uh, hope is alive and Jesus is his name. So have your way in us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, you know, just, just in thinking about this, I was, I was kind of going through some, some notes and some things and... and uh, I um, just just stirred about you know just what that looks like and and um, because even even when you go to the New Testament and you look it up in the original language, it, it, to me it, it's still a little bit weak you know in in the sense of to just have anticipation to have an expectation to um, uh, you know a, a better expected end. That's that's fine, but I. I I, I think that, you know, when you look at what Hebrews says and that hope becomes an anchor to our soul, there's something powerful in that. When you look at the, what the Scripture says, that there are three that, you know, have the highest level of, of, of kind of gauging that Paul wrote there in Corinthians when he talked about that, that there was faith and there was love and there was hope. Hope was one of those three. Now, he says the greatest of those are, you know, is love. But hope is still very much connected there. And then you look at, you know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, you know, where it talks about that when it's talking about faith and that faith, it has to have an assurance. It has to have a connection to hope. 
So it's centered on hope. And uh, that you, you, you're not going to have faith without having hope. That hope, it, it, I've heard it explained this way. This, is, this helped me tremendously. That hope is really the picture. Hope is that, that picture of what you anticipate, what you expect from God's word, from God's will. It is the picture of your future. Now, hope is that aspect of the future, and, and uh, that, that's why you can't just have hope. You need faith because now faith has something to latch on to, to bring into manifestation, to become a reality. Did you get that? So faith needs something to grab hold of. Hope is what you, your faith grabs hold of. And so to have hope, it, it is that picture that God sets out in your future. And you'll see it throughout Scripture over and over where God shows up and sometimes in the most um, difficult circumstances, the most challenging situations. And one of those is Judges chapter 6. And so we're going we're gonna to look at that today. One of the one of very familiar passages of Scripture of Gideon, and and I love you know the the whole scenario of Gideon. I love the the uh, he was probably voted most unlikely. Come on, how many of you felt like you fit in that category? You know, <laughs> and uh, and and uh, you know, and it was a terrible situation overall in their lives. I mean. You know, the, the Midianites had come in, and, and basically it had been prophesied because Israel, if you, if you read Judges, you know, it's on the other, other side of Joshua, and, and, and Joshua, they've come into the land. They, you know, were able to, under Moses' leadership, come out of Egypt and, and come up there to the promised land the second time, and Joshua leads them in, and, and so now they're in the promised land. But when they're there, they didn't fully follow through on what God had told them to do, and so now they're suffering some consequences, and, they, and, and you see this cycle to where they're serving God full on, and they're blessed, and then they begin to drift and get away and begin to worship idols and do some things they shouldn't be doing. And then all of a sudden, they, they, man, I'm telling you, sin will lead you places you don't want to go. Just saying. It, 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 uh, it is still the enemy. And you got to see those things as an enemy. Yes, I know there's forgiveness, but still doesn't mean that you do, can't jack your life up. That's what sin, 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 there are wages to sin. And so you don't want to go there. And so here they find themselves in this cycle. And so now they know that, you know, they've come in, the Midianites have come in, they're, they're being oppressed, and they attack their food source, their livelihood. There's a whole message in that. Economically, they are in a bad place. And yet the people of God, are they're, they're suffering and, and they're ho feeling hopeless. And that's where you kind of find this, this place. And I want to open up here in Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 11. It says, Now the angel of the Lord uh, came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is in Ophrah, and which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, could just say hard word, right? 
while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press. That's not where you thresh wheat. You always thresh wheat in the field, in the open air, allowing the wind to blow the chaff. But he's down in a wine press, probably with no mask. <laughs> Just saying. In order to hide it from the Midianites. Why? Because, they're, they're, again, they're going to come take their food. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, and yet Gideon didn't see it. Gideon's in this struggle and in this place. And he, here sometimes we find ourselves in this struggle between what we know the promise of God is and what God desires for our life and our reality. And there's a tension in that. Come on, how many ever been there? I, I just, I, I, was, I was thinking about just, you know, some of the, the most difficult, worst challenges that I have faced at times. And, and uh, by far, it goes back, you know, when Erica, my oldest daughter, was six years old. And many of you have heard the story. I know that there's quite a few of, that are out in our, our online is probably got more than normal. <laughs> that's okay. If you're watching and you're in attendance by the fireplace or in the warm house, not having to get out, we get it. It was 15 degrees this morning, right? <laughs> Thank God for those of you that were troopers that got here. Amen. I don't know if it was the free coffee and Jerry Huffman's burritos, but you were here. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry, wherever you're at. I... Uh, and, and I was just thinking about what that, again, what that was like. Because, you know, coming into the day and just praying over this, and, and again, we, I've already done, you know, the, the beginning and the kickoff for this year on a message of hope and, and already some of it. But, but I really today, I, I just felt like that there's still people that are struggling to continue to hold on, to have hope. And we can find ourselves in sometimes some very hopeless situations. And we don't ever want to so um, get over into this place to where our, our message of faith and our actions of faith and our, our belief of where maybe some of us are at that aren't in that struggle or haven't maybe gone through some of those things, you know, can some, sometimes disconnect from those that are struggling in that place. And, you know, because Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And if you've ever had where you've been slammed, where you've had loss, where you have had failure, where you have had uh, illness, where you have had those kinds of things it, it can slam you. And in those early moments with Erica's diagnosis, I, I ju it just was like someone kicked me in the gut and just knocked the wind out of me. And, and, I, and I was preaching some of the strongest messages on faith during that time frame. 
And yet in that moment, it was like, I mean, because the doctors, I mean, they're showing us everything and they're giving us the diagnosis and it's not good. And it, it absolutely was screaming hopeless. And to, to wrestle through that and to find your fight, because that's ultimately what you've got to understand, is that when you're caught in between, you have this hope, this picture of what it should be, and yet your reality is, is definitely not matching. And to fight the fight of faith, because that's what it's going to take, is you've got to get your fight. And to be able to truly start on that, you have to believe that all things are possible with God. That's the first, first part of this, is that all things are possible. If you can't get there, because ultimately it is about a hope that is a hope in God. It's about a trust that that trust is in Him. People can let us down. We can let ourselves down. You know, medicine can let us down. All those different kinds of things can, in the world that, that um, they're, they're, they're temporal. They're passing. They're, uh, you know, uh, you know, some of us may have been surprised. Others of us were like, I told you so. I knew it. You know, whenever they came out, you know, and, you know, the Mr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci saying, yeah, the six-foot distancing didn't work. <laughs> Duh. That's why most everybody got COVID. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> tell us something we don't know. <laughs> I better leave that alone. <laughs> I, could go, I could go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> but in this, you, you, you see where, where Gideon is at. I can only imagine, you know, this angel showing up, you know, and, and he says, you know, he Hello, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, who's he talking to? <laughs> Where's that guy at? He's, he's in a hole threshing wheat. He's hiding from the enemy. Hello, mighty man of valor. Aren't you glad that God sees us differently than we see ourselves? Aren't you glad that God sees situations differently then we see situations. Come on. See, he shows up, and you have, to, you have to consider the God factor. Because doctors may be trying to say, it's over. We've done our best. Listen, I've been around, I've seen that so many times. And I and I and I just I've I've watched God show up, and I've watched sometimes it just didn't come out the way we thought it should, but even in that you've got to trust Him. You know, even with Erica, you know, I, I think about you know the the journey of faith, and 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 believe me, if I got into the details of it, I felt like that that we still probably should have had a better 
understanding and handle on even the treatment that she was being given and some different things. And we were, we were trying to ramp up on that. And um, believe me, we, 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 <laughs> through that whole few years, we learned more about cancer and cancer treatment and all those kinds of things than what you would ever want to. But through that battle, and even with her, now I look at her life today, in her 30s, married, come on, her mother-in-law sitting right here, <laughs> her husband's up here playing on the guitar this morning, Ray, I mean, in masters in special education, and passionate about helping kids with special needs. Sometimes in our struggles, we find our assignment. We find our passion. See, it's so easy for us initially to say, why is all this happening then? Look, look, look what happens here. Look, look at uh, verse 12. It says, so he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And, you, and all the way through here, there is this struggle, and there's this almost like this, this disconnect that's happening between God or the angel with the message from heaven and Gideon. Because if you, if you follow through and you read the whole passage, and we won't have time this morning, but, but over and over again, Gideon is giving God all the excuses. And it's literally as if God it just ignores every one of them. Come on, how many of you, you you've, you've asked God some questions? It may have been the Why? Okay, God, if you're for me, then why is this happening? Because that's what Gideon's deal was. Why? And it's like God just ignores it. But when you, when you look at this, it, not only do you, do you have to believe that all things are possible. And, and for Joanne and I, we, we really worked hard to, to, to come back to that place with Erica and to stay in line with that and to in, a, in agreement with God's word over everything else and to fight that fight of faith and to be able to apply Scripture in every aspect and everywhere. I mean, we, we came at it from every direction. Did we, did, did we still go the medical route? Yes, we, we believe in doctors. We know that there, there are physicians. We know that there is just a great physician. <laughs> and did we, did we go uh, nutraceuticals and, and some natural means? Yes, we did. Did we get on a nutrition kick and press into that and do all that? And, and, and we, we said we would do it as a family. If Erica had to go through it, we were going to go through it. And I never thought in my life I would eat tofu. Oh, my God. Who would eat that stuff? (laughs) 
I mean, I was, I was raised a meat and potatoes guy with lots of gravy. <laughs> Red beans and cornbread, you know, <laughs> with all kinds of sweets. <laughs> and it's like all of a sudden, all that, you know, it just, woo. Health food. So we, we, we fought the fight of faith. We, we went through all of those, those kinds of things to, to, um, to do every means possible to, to, to do that. One, one of the things that we did, I just really feel like I'm supposed to do this this morning. This has come to me multiple times now. Is the Bible says that laughter does good like a medicine. Somebody needs to get this because we, we found all kinds of videos and, and ways of getting Erica to laugh. I, I, had, I had one of our pastors that had come through and, and she was watching a video and she was just, laugh, just cackling, laughing. And he said, oh my goodness, she is laughing her way to healing. Because if you're not careful, you'll get down in the molly grubs and you got to look up to see bottom. Come on. And you let that funk get on you. But the Bible says put on the spirit of praise for that heaviness, right? The garment of praise for that heaviness. You, you've got you to gotta do some things. It may be putting in some kind of funny to where you can laugh. Fine. Don't, listen. You don't need, you know, you know the saying, misery loves company. And you know what kind of company that is, right? But it's not good. Don't be around that negative stuff. And if that's where they want to be and that's what they want to do, get away from that. I'm telling you, there was some folks we distance ourselves from in that battle. Because our concern was they were already going to put her six foot under. And it's like, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't do that. We can't accept that. We're going to fight our way through this. And here Gideon is finding himself. And even in this place, it's, it's like, okay, all things are possible with God. And that's a good place to begin that God is able. But you've got to get past God is able and believe now that God is willing to do it for you. That God is for us. I was thinking this morning and just praying over this, and I, and I was thinking about our nephew, Josh, Joshua Frost, and, and how, you know, because I had a lady, I, I spoke at the Rotary Club this week and was able to share some of our story for the charter school and, and they're focused in the month of January on education. And so they, they've got different educators, you know, coming through. And, and so I was able to speak and had a lot of Q&A. And, and I had, a, had an individual that was, had, had uh, one of the questions in Q&A is, did we do anything for special education? And I and, uh, was able to say, yes, we do. And, um, and so afterwards they came up and they were sharing, you know, some of the struggles that they had had with their kids and trying to find help for their 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 son and and his struggle was 
dysgraphia. And so you've got dyslexia, but there is, that, so that, that's more of your language, but dysgraphia is in, even in the writing. And Josh was diagnosed with both. And so he struggles just, just coming through high school. And, but at some point, this, this aspect of, of faith and belief, and, and he, got, he got really connected to a strong ministry that, was, that, was, uh, uh, that just lit a fire in him. And he started doing Bible studies and things on his school campus in high school and started just being that light that, that Wayne was talking about in the midst of that. But in the process, as he is just on fire for God, all of a sudden something starts shifting and he graduates. And I forget exactly with what all the honors were, but goes on to college and gets a degree in linguistics, works for Wycliffe Bible translators, translating the Bible into other languages. Come on. And yet, in his weakness, God is made strong. Gideon is saying, don't you know, God, I'm in my clan, my family, we're the weakest. We're the least. Again, we can, we can bring God all of our excuses all day long. But if God sees that potential in us that he's put there and what he's created us to be, what he's destined us to do, he won't even hear our excuses. So what is that? Look at, look at verse 23. It says, it says, Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. Jehovah Shalom. Come on. How many use that all the time? Peace. <laughs> How many have been... I don't know about you, I was even exercising some declarations of peace over wind just this past week, like blowing everything away. One morning, yeah, we wake up, Joanne's like, do we have a roof? <laughs> I mean, it's like, this is crazy, right? But in this place, peace, there's something about the peace of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding, that will guard our hearts and our minds. And in this place, I mean, he named that place peace, declared it so. And, of course, we know that it's like, okay, I, I, I know that, that God is able, and now he's for me. But now we have to shift into this last place and to believe that we are able. Say, I am able. See, hope, hope is a picture for a reason. So that we have something to connect to. So that we have something to run to. So that we, we begin to envision what that future can look like. And ultimately, we know that we're only passing through this life. That, that's why I, 
I absolutely do not mind talking about heaven, talking about our ultimate future of what eternity looks like. We should never be afraid of that. We, have, that's, we need to stay connected to that. That's part of our picture of our future. Ultimately, Paul wrestled with that, to be stuck in between here to where he desired to stay and to be able to support the, the people of God, the church, and to do what God called him to do. But ultimately, his desire, he was like, I'd rather be absent from the body and to be present with him. That's wild. That's when you have, ult, you have moved into this place where heaven is real. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a thing to fear. But it's a place to, to be able to go, man, that's our ultimate. Now, do we need to still finish our race and do what God's called us to do? Yes. So we've got to do that and do it with all our might and, and to be able to finish strong. But for the, for the Christ followers to be able to be in that place of that picture and to not fear it. Gideon was given a picture of being able to drive the Midianites out. And it's amazing along life's journey how God will cue us in. Sometimes we, we need those. Yeah, now, Gideon did his own kind of thing to where he's, he's got the fleece thing going. Now, again, he didn't have the Holy Spirit. I think fleeces are a little dangerous. I think the devil can mess with that stuff. And so Gideon's throwing out fleeces and doing all that. But God met him where he was. And I have seen where God can do that. Ultimately, God's still wanting to speak to us, to lead us and guide us, to be inside God-minded. If you've already said yes to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has come to abide within, there is a leading, there's a guiding, there's some things that are happening on the inside of you. And He wants to help you mature in that so that, so that you really are able to more naturally, easily flow in that. And to where it just happens, where it's not somehow a disconnect to where, oh, I got to go get in the presence of God. I got to go fast and pray. I got to go. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're always in that place before you can have a leading, uh, where are you at on a daily basis? Because we should be able to have some already inclination and some guidance, some leading, some, something that's, that's already working in us that helps us to stay on task. God had already told him, over and over, told him over and over, you know, to be able to, and he had already taken small steps. Remember, he shows up and tears his daddy's idol down. <laughs> Takes the big oxen and ties onto it and, I mean, destroys it. Now the, the community is upset. They're ready to lynch him. Well, stone him back then. Anyway. <laughs> and, and yet, 
You, you see how God's hand of protection was there just even in that place and working that to be able to, to use Gideon. Gideon is, is starting to gain some, some, some strength in that. He's starting to move along in that. And so he goes through this whole process, and, 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 and I love being able to take people to Israel. And, Man, we were almost there, guys. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and to go to Gideon Springs, that's, that's one of my favorite places to be able to go. And, and I'm telling you, it is peaceful. That place, you get down there in those springs and down at that water, it, it, you're away from the hustle and bustle. And there may be some other groups around and all, but, but for the most part, that's, that's not typically a real high-profile, busy, busy site. And being able to go there, and, and you're able to walk down into that place, and, it, and it's just, I mean, it's like there's just peace on that place. And that's the place to where there was a process of removing those that didn't need to be with Gideon in the fight. He started early on just by calling those that had fear in their heart. They're the first to go. Send them. They got fear. They don't need to be here. And then we know the story of, because I'll do it with the, with the, the, the group now. I'm kind of letting, letting, letting some of you in on it. You know, if we go to Israel again, and I'm believing we will, but if we're going to drink water, and I've seen it time and time again where people will just, Jump down and bury their face. And you know, with your head down, you can't see the enemy around you. And then there's others that have an understanding. They kneel down and they'll take that water and they'll bring it up. Alert. Those 300 were picked that did that to fight. But, you know, it really, there was another significant moment that happened. And a lot of times you don't always see that as strong. We usually see those kind of things, and I heard, heard lots of messages on that. But, you know, there was another moment in that where Gideon, they sneak over to the enemy's camp. And they are listening and overhearing the enemy talk about them in fear. You need to understand that. The devil is fearful. Satan is absolutely terrified of us living on in our assignment with passion to do what he's asked us and called us to do. That's why sometimes he's fighting so hard. Because he is afraid. And Gideon, they're sitting there listening to him talk about, oh man, I had this dream. I dreamed that, that, that this big barley loaf came rolling down the hill and rolled through our camp and destroyed us. Well, think about that. The very thing that they had been doing to destroy and to oppress and to hurt Israel, the, 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 to, to hurt the the. The Hebrew children there, the people of God, was food. They attacked their food source. And all of a sudden, this dude has a dream. One of the enemies, the Midianites, has a dream that this barley loaf 
comes rolling down the hill and wipes out all of them. And they're like, we know this is Gideon. They knew it was a sign that their days were numbered. See, Satan knows his days are numbered. We can look at the whole world and all the craziness and everything going on, but I'm telling you, the enemy's days are numbered. We have to still hold to the belief that we are not trying to get victory, but we are now working from a place of victory of being able to walk this out. And with that, when we have a vision, when we have a picture of hope, a picture of what life is supposed to be like according to the Word of God, now we've got something to latch onto, to get our faith connected to. You know, one of the things that Pastor Huck did early on, you know, or, or in the middle of that battle, we'd, we'd actually already been back to San Angelo and, and um, was dealing more with the spinal um, issues that Erica had experienced from the surgery and from radiation. And she was paraplegic, sitting in that wheelchair. And Pastor Huck took time, and he came over, and he was like, okay, what do you want to do? And man, she just perked up. She's like, I want a horse. Now here, she just had two vertebrae removed from her spine. Paraplegic. And she wants a horse. And I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> he didn't rain on her parade. He, matter of fact, he, he inspired, he encouraged her in it. He's like, Erica, you, you need to get books on horses. How do you groom a horse? How do you take care of a horse? You need to see yourself riding a horse. And you need to get some horse stuff up in your, in your bedroom and she just lit up, you know, and, you know, she's in a halo. She's got bolts in her head with this vest thing on. She had just had major surgery. She's paraplegic. And little did he know, her walls were plastered in horse stuff. She had horse figurines. She, not Barbies, horses. <laughs> she had all the horse books. Her picture of her future included that. And listen, we watched that miracle progress. And he, he said, and he's the one that told her, he said, he said, if if the doctors will approve it and mom and dad is okay, he said, I'll buy you a horse. I man, I'm telling you, that lit a fire. She was on a mission to get out of that wheelchair and to come, come get back to walking. And every, every doctor's visit, it was at the end. Any other questions? <laughs> Dr. J, any other questions? And then Erica pops up. Little, quite petite Erica. Can I ride a horse? He's like, what are you thinking? And he'd go off. After... Months had passed, and she was definitely had made a huge comeback and had blown them all away, as he said, 
wowed him. And she asked, and he's like, I guess, as long as you'll be careful. Not only did she get a horse, she's able to ride a horse in the back in the day at the stock show rodeo in the grand entry. She rode in the parade. Come on. I said, God, with the God, all things are possible. With God, we, we are able. Somebody says that they don't believe in miracles. Well, they then showed up too late to convince me otherwise. We've watched it over and over and over again. Somebody needed to hear that today. I, I wasn't planning on that. And I just felt like there is this struggle that someone here has gotten a diagnosis or something going on. And maybe it's by live stream. There is something happening. And, and you are feeling in this hopeless place. And you needed a good kick in the butt. I'm sorry. That's what I felt. I just felt like that, almost like a righteous indignation that the enemy is beating you down and you needed someone to slap you upside your head and say, get the funk off, get back in the Word, press back into the things of God, and you know what to do. Do it. Do it. And that's exactly what God did to Gideon over and over again. He ignored all the excuses. He ignored all the mully grub. He ignored all the I can't. He ignored it all and kept pointing him towards, here's what I've got. Here's what's going to lie before you. What is that? Some of you, it may be some small things, but I feel like there are some, there are some big things. But you've got to fight for it. And you need to get your fight back. Step back into that place. Rise back up in that. Begin to do some of those things. I feel like someone, you, you absolutely know what to do. And somehow you have just found yourself in this place and you have just let the enemy just roll over you. And God is just saying, you've got to step back in. Stop wanting somebody else to do it for you. God wants you to break through today. Let's stand to our feet. I just sense there is breakthrough today. And maybe there's more than one. But today, there is some things that you have got to do to just make that commitment, make that decision. Well, what if it doesn't work out? At least go down fighting. How about that? I remember when early on, you know, I, 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 we knew we were called to start the charter school, and I didn't tell some of the miracle stories. I only had a short time at the Rotary Club, but I was like, man, I would have loved to have just shared the God miracle part of it too. And it was miracles all the way through it. But one of them was when they had, they, they basically, they only had just like three to give away or just a few to give away. And, and, um, and we were coming up to that, to that deadline and, and literally hundreds had applied in this process and they were whittling them down all the way through and here we were coming up to the the last part of the journey to win a charter and I had one of the 
State Board of Education members, wasn't even our district, but a very, very much a friend of charter schools. And she called me and said, listen, I just don't want you to waste all your time. And I know you're planning on bringing a group from San Angelo to Austin and, and to present and all that, all that effort and all that. And we only have just these few to give away. And we pretty much already know, here's those that we're going to give these charters to. And then she said, and, if, and, if, and believe me, if we had one more to give away, you were on the list. We were going to give you one. But this is all we got. And we already know who we're going to give those to. So I would, I just advise you, don't even come. Again, it was one of those moments where I felt like we had fought so hard and come to this place. And here we're about to travel down to Austin. The next morning, we were leaving. And I got that phone call that afternoon. And it felt like I just got kicked in the gut again. Come on, the enemy wants to try and do that to us. And not go after our dream, not go after our hope. And man, here I found myself back in the mully grubs, you know. I was just like, ugh. And in that moment, I felt like the Lord told me, said, don't you tell anyone about this. You go. You go. That's what he told Gideon. You go. He told me, you go. And so... Here I'm, and believe me, it was not easy. Here I'm trying to, you know, we show up, we all meet up there at the, at, at, we were at the uh, Melrose campus over there where the high school's at, and we met in the parking lot and all gathered and got a whole big caravan. We got parents, we got community leaders, we got all these people that are going to travel to Austin. They're all going to testify on our behalf why San Angelo would need a charter school. And, and here I know that I've already been told, not going to get one. Not going to get one. And I'm showing up, and I'm like, we're going. God said we're going. And we loaded up, and we went. They're calling roll for all the charter schools that should be there in that final presentation. In charter school after charter school, they weren't there. And I was wondering, how many phone calls did they make to just see who wasn't going to show up? Who wasn't willing to fight for it? But we were there. We just showed up. And lo and behold, that morning, she opened in prayer, did the Pledge of Allegiance, and said, by the way, before we got here, just overnight, we had, I think it's like three other charter schools that turned their charters back and said, we have more to give away, and looked at me and smiled. <laughs> and I always look back on that. What if I hadn't have shown up? Sometimes, guys, it's showing up. Just show up. Show up. Be the man of God you need to be. Be the daddy you need to be. Be that guy at work that you need to be. Show up. Show up when it's time for prayer meeting. Show up when it's time to fight the fight. Show up 
Well, some of you just need to latch a hold of that today. Show up. The rest is history. 15 years later, 4,000 students. Five cities. Look at God. I said, look at God. <laughs> but you've got to go. That was that final thing. You've got to go. You've got to do your part. Some of you are going to grab it today. I sense it. Some of you are going to need some more shaking. I want to encourage you. Go back and listen to this again. Find some other good faith messages. Find somebody else who will kick your backside. Don't be getting that mamby-pamby preaching stuff. Find you something where somebody will get in your grill. Cause you to step up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for our time today. Thank you for just working in our hearts and our lives and for this incredible story of Gideon and just the amazing journey that you led him on to do great and mighty things, to see you defeat the enemy, to see those things that you desired that were already a victory in your, in your heart, in your mind, but had to become a reality in the natural. And Father, I just pray that we would embrace that, that we would fight the fight of faith when we're facing different things, circumstances that don't line up with your word, that we would dig in the firm foundation, the word of the living God that endures all the storms of life. stream or here in person that you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life why not today say Jesus be my Lord and Savior right there just do that just say Jesus be my Lord and Savior forgive me of my sins come into my heart watch what God will do just turn your life over to him begin the journey today we're going to worship we're going to sing this last song as we do I want some of you and all of us hopefully in some area can just make a, make a decision, make a commitment. Just, just draw a line in the sand. Just step over. Say, no more devil. You're not doing this to me. I'm not intimidated. God is for me. Who could be against me? Just do that today. Let's worship.